Would you please open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 5? 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to read, we're going to read several passages of Scripture. But some of them I'm just going to read to you. You can write them down and look them up later. Which may help as far as this message is concerned. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, this, every now and then in Scripture, um, there are verses which really should stand out. Now I know we've been doing reading in um, like Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and guys, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, you read through that and it's like, seriously? I mean, why can't you just write, and, and Moses and his buddies built a beautiful tabernacle, and then go on. <laughs> yeah. But the detail, and, uh, and then all these people, their names, and their family members, and how many of this, and how many of that, like over and over. Now, there's a reason for this. There is a reason. And I'm still learning all those reasons. And you get into some of that, it's like, okay, I don't really see the profound nature of all this, but, okay, it's in the Bible. But then there are verses which just, man, you can, you can take those verses and apply them to your life, and they will make massive change. And this is one of them. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He... Talking about Jesus, He careth for you. Well, when you talk about Jesus, you're talking God, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. There are two words in this verse that, uh, well, you have the word care and you have the word careth, but they're two totally different Greek words. Now, casting all your care upon Him, casting all of your merimna, that's the Greek word, your marimna. And it basically means anxiety, fear, anxiousness, worry, agonizing, stress, which brings disruption to the personality and the mind, the thought process, ability to properly observe and analyze a situation, thinking clearly and rationally. Ability to distinguish between fact and fiction. Stability and soundness in the mental acuity. As it pertains to a Christian, it's all of that and it is the mind, the analyzing a situation according to what God has declared in His Word, placing the Word above the influence of the world. Now, casting all your anxiety, fear, anxiousness, worry, agonizing stress upon Him because He careth, watches over, is concerned for, um, uh, pays diligent attention to you. In other words, you can take whatever it is that's causing you internal stress, anxiety, worry, fear, whatever, 
you can take that and cast it over onto Him. And if you do that, now hear me, if you do that, that means you are no longer filled with or impacted by anxiety, fear, anxiousness, worry, agonizing, or stress concerning that matter. If you cast it over onto Him. If I have a baseball and I cast it to you, guess what I no longer have in my hand? Yeah, my hands are empty. So, He's telling us, casting all your care, not just part of it, all of it, casting all your care upon Him so that the emotions of a situation which for you could produce anxiety, fear, anxiousness, worry, agonizing, and stress that would result in a disruption to your personality and your mind your ability to think clearly, properly observe and analyze the situation. In other words, you can't see straight. And as a Christian, it's talking about being able to analyze the situation according to what God has declared in His Word, placing the Word above the influence of the world. If you don't... Hear me, guys. If you do not cast the care of it over onto Him... All of what I have just read will take place in your life. There's no exception. It absolutely will. Now some people, they seem to get careful for almost any little thing. And uh, and I'll, we want to be focused now here on the body of Christ. Okay. I used to be more of the careful person than the casting over person. And then I, I realized, um, I remember one time, that was years ago, something happened, I don't know what it was, I'm all upset, and then it's like, boom, the light goes off. And I'm thinking, why am I all upset about this? And I verbally, I mean, I'm, you know, like, why? Why is this, you know, bothering me so much? Uh, so anyway, I, I literally said, Jesus, I cast the care of this over onto you. Now, I'm not, I don't want you responding here. I mean, you respond inwardly, but not outwardly. How many times have you actually done that? Because every single one of you have been impacted, and right now, in your life, right I don't have to ask you what it is, right now, in your life, there is something that could produce care. Now, if it's producing care, I don't know. But it could. There's something going on in your lives that could. When's the last time in your life when one of these situations came up and you literally declared, Jesus, I cast the care of this over onto you. I, I venture to say it's possible that maybe at least one person in here or more Maybe y'all, I don't know. You've never done that. In spite of the fact, this is what the Word says right here, we just read it. He says, do this. Well, if you don't do that, you cannot in any way, shape, or form 
understand His watching over you. Because as long as you are holding on to it, then you do not know that He careth for you. You know the words, but you don't know the experience. Because you haven't cast the care of the what over, whatever over on Him. And in situations like this, like what I'm talking about here, it is inevitable that there would be some Christians who would say, but you don't know what I'm going through. Okay, now, what you just said, whatever the it is you're going through, compared to what I'm reading here, casting all your care upon Him, from that perspective, I don't care what you're going through. In other words, it's not a concern of mine whatsoever. Your anxiety is not mine. And you know you know how some people say, I'm going through hell on earth. Well, you know, maybe that's how you feel. You know what? I don't care. You say, well, you're the coldest, cruelest. Mean-. Now, hold on. Hold on. Because when somebody approaches me with that kind of stuff, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to put the care of it over onto me. Now, they may not think that's what they're doing. But when they come to me and say, well, I mean to you too, and say, but you don't know what I'm going through, and blah, 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 they're wanting you to try to help shoulder that burden with them. Now, guys, that's not my responsibility. I'm the pastor, and we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not our responsibility. Yeah, but the Bible says to bear one another's burdens. That's in the place. You know what? I'm not preaching Galatians here today. But you better leave that in context. That is not talking about me sitting around and boohooing with you. What that's talking about is me dealing with you concerning your apparent refusal to acknowledge your sin and make it right with God. Now, this whole casting your care upon Him, it's not that I am um, cold and callous, but I am not Christ, and neither are you. Now, we can join with each other and pray with each other about things and encourage and edify each other with the Word as far as this concept is concerned, but it's not our responsibility to carry the care with somebody else. And he says right here, casting all your care. So what's the situation you might be facing right now? Is it money stuff? Is it car stuff? Is it health stuff? Is it spouse stuff? Is it in-law stuff? Is it house stuff? Is it children's stuff? Man, I don't know. The list could go on and on. But what is it that's standing in front of you saying, hey, I would like to burden down your life. And you can just say no. And I remember for myself, there are times where <clears throat> I've gone through this, don't, don't, I'm cast the care over. And then it's like the, that thing, whatever, it's like, it kind of it, it runs around behind me and then comes back up front and says, "Hey, I'm back." <laughs> and then you know the thoughts start to you know the care thoughts, and it's like, "Nope, nope, cast them down. Nope, nope, nope. 
I cast the care of this over. No, I'm not taking this. I'm not doing it. No, I don't think, I'm not sure you understand. I verbally out loud say this. Verbally. Not while I'm walking through the grocery store. <laughs> uh, security, aisle five. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I verbally say these things to exercise my authority. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm going to read some more verses to you. Um, I don't think you'll be able to keep up with me as you um, as I'm reading these, but you can write them down and look them up later. Now we just read First Peter five seven, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Then in Philippians four six through seven, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, shall guard like an armed sentinel your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Remember what we just read about the word care, marimna, and how it impacts your ability to think. You know, panic will cause the simplest ta- uh, task to seem impossible. Simple illustration. Have you ever been rushing trying to, to try to get something done? <clears throat> and when you're rushing, it's almost like you can't get your belt buckled. <laughs> you can't get the key to go in the door. It's like, well, it worked yesterday. Panic. That falls into that area of the care. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So then, if the peace of God that passes all understanding is not alive and well inside your heart and your mind, then guess what? You have not taken this advice to be careful for nothing. You're being careful for something. And you have not, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Maybe you've complained to God. That's not the same. (laughs) So, see, if that peace isn't there, then you're being careful for something. And then in, uh, in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 27, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be overwhelmed with merimna, care. Now, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Do you realize that's a choice? Let not your heart be troubled. For me, when I go to bed at night, I don't want to think about problems. I don't want to think about stuff. How many times, again, guys, don't respond here, but I mean, how many times have you laid in bed and all you can do is think about the whatever? 
Okay, that's not right. Because that means the peace of God is not guarding your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And it's not that it couldn't. It's that God is saying, here's what you do to get this peace to guard your heart and mind. So if you lay there in bed, it's like, man, what are we going to do? It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not. Let me pass something on. This is the wisdom of the ages. Ready for this? There's always an answer, and God has it. There's always an answer. No matter what. But I don't know what it is. (laughs) You ain't God. (laughs) There's always an answer, and God has it. Maybe if we spent more time with Him. And Jesus, he, He just says right here, Twice, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not, you make a decision, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, how can I do that? Cast all the care over to him. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Once again, here's a choice. Let not your heart be troubled, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Here's a choice. Now you can do it or not do it. Years ago, I I just didn't... What's a good way to put this? I would have thought... Not in these words. Let me just kind of put it the way... Let me summarize it. I thought it would be okay for Christians to justify their worries, their anxiety, so on and so forth. Wow, yeah, I mean, boy, boy, they're going through it. Yeah, Oh, yeah, I can understand why they're all jacked out of shape. I can, Not now. Not when I see this in the Word of God. Are you born again? Yeah, Brother Martin, I'm born again. All right, then let the peace of God rule in your heart. Casting all your care upon Him. Let not your heart be troubled. See, now... Now that I have made a decision to pay attention to what God's Word says, I realize, as a Christian, you can't justify Merimna. You, you can't. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can always find Christians who will agree with you in your Merimna. Do you understand what I mean by that? In that care. You'll always find some that will stand in agreement with you. And they'll pray, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You don't need somebody giving you a big hug and telling you it's it's all going to be okay without pointing you to the Word. I mean, people in the world can do that. Now listen to this. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So that brings up a question. Where is your mind? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I, it wasn't terribly long ago, within the last maybe two or three years, that this verse became um, like one of those standards in my life. Because no human being is void of being a um, attacked in the area of your emotions, like the marimna. I mean, that stuff's going to happen. And uh, when I say attacked, I'm not talking demons, okay? I'm talking about situations. Look, you know, your car breaks down. 
It's just weird how some Christians want to blame everything on a devil. Everything. Well, the devil, he broke my alternator. No, man. Your car's 30 years old. Your alternator just went bad. The devil broke my fan belt. No, he didn't. Fan belts need to be replaced. Well, the devil... No, man, quit blaming the devil for everything. And that's the thing. A lot of Christians want to blame the devil for their lack of attention to what needs to be attended to. You know, well, the devil broke my water heater. That thing's 45 years old. You got it from Grandma. What are you talking about? It's time for the thing to be replaced. I mean, on and on it goes. Now, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. For me, whenever these kind of things, whatever they are, come up. Okay, example. Here's a recent example. The heating and air conditioning unit in the office going out. And now we're looking at close to $5,000 to replace the whole thing. So now I could lay in bed, oh, $5,000, well, glory to God. No, no. I'm going to cast the care of it onto, the, onto him and keep my mind stayed on him. And I quote this verse. Sometimes I meditate on it quietly. Other times I speak it out loud. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. God, I, I say I keep my mind stayed on you because I trust in you. I will not let my mind be overwhelmed. I verbally sometimes say things out loud like that. That's one of my favorite verses. Now that I've finally figured out, I mean, it's in the, isn't it interesting how these verses have been in the Bible for like how many centuries? Then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, who put that one in there? (laughs) God keeps me in perfect peace when I keep my mind stayed, fixed, glued on Him. And and everything that He represents. So where is your mind? (laughs) I don't know, Brother Martin. Sometimes I wonder. I do Guys, I'm not trying to... We're headed someplace in this, okay? And all, all I'm sharing right now with you is foundation. <laughs> You're thinking, good glory, how long is this sermon going to... No. Now listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A stable mind. That's what God has given to us. So you can think with the mind that God's given you, or you can think with the world mind. It's totally up to you. That's why Jesus making these statements that let not your heart be troubled. God says, let the peace of God. God says, cast the care over. It's totally up to us. Totally. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Love, power, and a sound mind. He's not giving us a spirit of fear. I don't know what you have picked up on to this point. All the verses that we've read. I don't know what kind of an impact they've made on you. That's one of the reasons why I encourage you to write them down, check them out later. On uh, At 8 p.m., 
on Sunday, October 30th, 1938, as people sat in their homes listening to the CBS radio station, Orson Welles and his friends put on a radio drama based on the book War of the Worlds. And they did it as though it were a real news broadcast. Very dramatic. At the beginning of it, they announced that it was a dramatization. October 30th, it's Halloween weekend, okay? And so they went through all this. What was shocking is the panic that set in. (laughs) Reports came that people were hiding because the Martians are invading. They're vaporizing people. They're releasing poisonous gas and people are dropping dead. And they had people acting like they were getting fried and getting killed. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and people are listening to the radio. People are freaking out. People are running, grabbing their shotguns. You know, where are they Martians? It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. It got so bad that at the end of the program, when they once again let people know, okay, now this has just been a people went ballistic. The next day on Monday, they were calling Washington, D.C. and demanding that the government do something so that something like this never happens again. It's like, excuse me, you're so dumb to believe that aliens were invading. You're... I don't want to be stepping on too many toys. Okay, I'm just going to say this. There's no life on other planets, and I've proven this from Scripture. I've proven it. Okay? Now, if, now, you've got to remember that it wasn't just a bunch of lost people listening to the radio. So if you're going to be so foolish as to believe that aliens are invading, then you know what? Yeah, I mean... I guess what the, well, you, get, you deserve what you get. People were calling the government and saying, you've got to be sure that, well, the government didn't do anything about it. They just kind of laughed it off. <laughs> I mean, think about this. You, I mean, anybody with a sound mind, anybody who is not being impacted by Marimna is not going to listen to that broadcast and think, oh, Good glory, Hazel, we're about to die. <laughs> Go get in a storm cellar. Maybe they won't find us. We can repopulate the earth afterward. No. <laughs> Henry, you're 85 years old. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Move on here. <laughs> People bought into it because they made it sound so convincing. People believed it. <laughs> now, that was, that was a one-day event. And it impacted who knows how many people who were listening. The reports were that the word began to spread and people switched, I guess, from whatever they were listening to over to this other station. It's like, wait a second, think about this. If this were real, wouldn't every radio station be carrying the news? It's only one. 
Come on, guys. Well, that was just a a one-day event. But the result was amazing what it did to people and their minds. The marimna, how it impacted people. Well, let's jump ahead. Um, Not too many years from, that was, you know, 1938. Well, just a few years later, World War II. And during World War II, this, um, speaking about the body of Christ now, it was just unbelievable. You, you can find um, documentation about this. But there were Christians who truly believed that World War II was the end. They believed, this is Armageddon, you know, the New World Order, it's the revival of the Roman Empire, um, and Hitler is the Antichrist. There were preachers preaching this. Well, guess what? The war ended. Hitler was not the Antichrist. And I just wonder how many preachers stood up before the congregations and said, well, folks, I was wrong. Uh, war is over, and Hitler was not the Antichrist. I don't know. It's interesting how preachers have this, <laughs> this uncanny ability to say one thing, and then when they're proven 100% wrong, they just sort of forget they ever said it. So, yeah, World War II, you know, that was a, a big thing. That, and it was a big thing. But it was not what a lot of Christians came to believe. Now, why did they believe Hitler was the Antichrist, this is the end of the world, this is Armageddon, and so on and so on? Why did they believe that? It wasn't because of what is um, contextually recorded in Scripture. It was because of what they heard from people who were supposed to know what they were talking about. You follow me? Jump ahead. In my lifetime, I have seen three major events that have basically marimnad a huge number of Christians, not just in the United States, but throughout the world. But um, let's just kind of stay focused here in this country with Christians, okay? The first one was when we were going to transition from 1999 to 2000. And a lot of you can remember this. There was marimna everywhere you looked. The fear, the anxiety, the anxiousness and so forth. Now why? Why was that? Because Christians were listening to to people who were supposed to know what they were talking about. We were told that all the computers were going to shut down. We were told that that planes in the air were going to just crash because all the equipment on the plane was going to stop working. We were told that um, phone, cell phones would stop working. We were, just every, There was going to be great calamity. There would be no way to communicate with anybody, that everything electronic was going to shut down, blah, 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 blah. And people were going bonkers going bonkers they people were uh, buying all this food you know that that pre-packaged stuff that will last for a century that is just loaded with chemicals you know what i'm talking about people were buying that stuff they were buying water like crazy storing it up because you know we're, we're going to be back in the caveman days and it's going to be terrible so well then guess what 
two, the clock ticked. Now, now, I will say this. I didn't buy into all that. I did understand, well, there's a possibility some things could be impacted, but I don't believe that it's going to be that bad. But the way that people kept speaking it, okay, I began to feel, let me say it like this, I began to feel the Marimna energy coming from them and impacting me. When I was around them and hearing them talking. You get around people that all they do is they talk fear. They talk to whatever. If you're in a group with it, you're going to start to feel it. Even if you don't buy into it, believe it, you'll feel that. That negative energy, whatever. I'm not trying to be new agey, but every one of you in here knows what I'm talking about. See, the power of those kind of words, it impacts the person. More than what we realize. So anyway, we actually had somebody who had bought all kinds of that food. And they, they brought it in here and said, well, you know, don't, don't need it now. And I took some of it home and tried it. It's like, I don't know about this, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could probably survive on it, but mm, boom, it was gone. Oh, yeah, we had a bunch of it downstairs here at the church that had been donated. <laughs> Funny, nobody wanted it. I don't know. But the thing is, you had experts who were telling people this is going to happen. There were some people who were experts saying, no, nah, it's not really going to happen that way. But because people were buying into the disaster is on the horizon, people began to believe it. Now, I'm talking Christians, all right? And I watched this, and I realized this is not good because, number one, I'm having a hard time finding something in Scripture that kind of flows with this. But at the same time, who you trust? Who do you believe? Where is your mind? Those people, their minds were on all the reports they were getting from the news stations. That's And all the, the articles, books, everything, whatever was out there about this, it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. Well, it wasn't bad. Everything was fine. Yeah. I mean, we stayed up that night, and I'm watching the clock, okay? Yeah. 11.58, 11.59, midnight 2000. Lights are still on. <laughs> Refrigerator's still cold. Yeah. It's like, man, nothing happened. <laughs> but it was incredible how it impacted. The, see, the people that should have been the most sound-minded and stable and all that, the body of Christ. And they weren't. Now, not a, I, you understand I'm not saying everybody, but generally speaking, yeah, man, it was just, it was out there. The next thing that I have witnessed, not been that long ago, the 2020 election. I've never seen, oh my goodness. You know, you can believe what you want about, well, the election fraud, and believe what, it, really, whatever you want to believe, you're going to. It wouldn't matter what I say. You're going to believe what you want to believe. However, you know, when the election was over, and you had all these experts. I mean lawyers and all these experts that were doing their podcasts and broadcasts on network TV and, and on the Internet and all this other. putting. I mean, people that had reputation. And they're saying, this is going to be overturned by such and such time on such and such a date because... 
Here's this proof. Here's this evidence. Here's this document. Here's this thing. Well, then that date came and went. Didn't happen. Well, and then they kept revising the date that all this evidence was going to come out. And no matter what date they set, it never came out. And these experts, I mean, people of great reputation were saying, oh, it's going to happen. We, we guarantee you. And then others were saying, we experts now. Not, not some guy, you know, that's out there slopping the hogs. I'm talking people that were experts. And they're saying, on this particular date, Donald Trump is going to be reinstated as a president. Well, it didn't happen. And then they come back and say, well, on this date, and then on this date, and then these people, they, on the, oh, you man, you could watch this stuff. Well, I have the information. Some, you know, somebody gave me the document of the summer woman, and it, it states clearly that, and this is going to be made public, and by um, this Friday, or whatever, Donald Trump will be reinstated. And they kept changing the date that Donald Trump was going to be reinstated. Isn't it really interesting? Donald Trump has not been reinstated, no matter what they've said. And guess what? Hear me. He's not going to be reinstated unless he gets elected in the next election. And some people listen to me. Some people hearing me say that are going to say, you do not know what you're talking about. Actually, I do. Because if he's not been reinstated by now, guess what? Well, Brother Martin, I just don't want to hear this. No, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. Because we're still not where we're going. The next thing, beyond the, the 2020 election, again, we're still talking about Christians that instilled so much marimna, <laughs> COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, back when this thing first became a, a real concern. Now, people were talking about, well, this virus has broken out over in China, and this virus, and it may come to the United States. We're not sure what's going to happen. Okay, fine. But when it became a concern in this country, I stood right here in this pulpit, and I said, I told you, it's never going away, and I told you it is going to mutate into several variants. And last I heard, we're now on the third mutation, the, the third variant. All right? I told you this was going to happen. I told you it was not going to go away. And it was crazy because some people had this idea that, well, you know, we're going to eradicate it and make it go away. No, you're not. All right, my question would, to you would be this, and I'm serious now. What virus, in all, in all of human history, what virus has been completely, totally, 100% eliminated from existence? None. Not one. Not one virus. Not one. People are still getting what? The cold virus. Not one virus. What we've done, though, with preventative action, which includes medication, vaccines, so on and so forth, we are containing and managing viruses. But none of them have ever been eliminated. So I'm going to say this again. COVID is never going away. Never. We have to learn how to cope with it. What that means is you need to understand that from this point on, the rest of your life, you are constantly facing the possibility of being exposed to somebody who has been, quote, diagnosed positive with COVID. 
Now, that's the way it is. You say, but you're scaring me. Stop that. Have you not been listening to the Word of God? Remember, that's why we laid those that foundation of all those verses. And the whole thing with COVID is, <laughs> I don't care what you believe, you've got experts supporting what you believe. On the one side, you have the, the biologists and the infectious disease experts and researchers and chemists and doctors and nurses and all these people who've got the evidence, the proof, the documentation that masks don't help. But then you've got the doctors and the nurses and the blah, 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 and they're saying, we've got the evidence, masks help. Then you've got the people over here, the doctors, the, the researchers, the on and on and on and on it goes to say, the vaccine is bad. Then you've got the doctors and the researchers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera over here that tell you the vaccine is good. Everybody's got their experts. It all depends on what you choose to exalt in your life. And as I stand here right now, I'm not going to look at anybody. There's some of you in this church, you've got a problem in this area. I'm not trying to be cruel. You'll understand as we continue here. (laughs) In the body of Christ, and even things I've heard in this church, masks, vaccines, and politicians are your biggest concern. Your biggest worry. You want to argue about the vaccine. You want to argue about masks. You want to argue about the politicians. Some of you should be ashamed before Almighty God because of the things you said concerning masks, vaccines, and politicians. Why? Because you're trying to sow marimna into the lives of other people. And it's wrong. And I don't want to hear that crap. I refuse to let you soil my mind and my heart with that stuff. I'm very serious. Don't get around me and talk it. And I really don't want to hear you talking about it here in this church. It's not of God. You hear me? It's not. I ain't coming back here. The door you walked in is the door you're going to walk out today. And that, if, that's, if that's the goodbye, that's the goodbye. You're not going to break my heart. Why? Because I am trying to help you. Here's why. You ready for this? You see, you've got too many Christians in this church, listening, watching. They're not living by faith. They are not living by God's Word. They're not casting the care onto Him. They're allowing their minds to be more influenced by the world than by the Word. And they're speaking the world more than the Word. And they're dwelling in a cage of fear, anxiety, worry, and stress instead of dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And here's the problem. You confront people with this, every single one of them will deny it. And they will tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know more about what I'm talking than the people who would say I don't. These things that I see posted on social media, I can't. Some of the stuff that I have seen, 
have come from people that I thought they were stable in mind. Had soundness in mind. I thought, but no. You know, years ago, somebody was talking, there was a pastor talking to uh, Pastor Dave Roberson about, you know, well, I you know, trusted somebody and and uh, everything was going great. And, you know, we were friends for years. And then all of a sudden, you know, he turned on me, stabbed me in the back and, and so forth. You know, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what. And Pastor Dave said, nothing happened. That's been in them the whole time. It just didn't have the right situation for that stuff to come out. All the Christians who are caught up in this stuff that I'm mentioning, you need to understand, that's been in you the whole time. It just didn't have this situation for this stuff to come out. Your lack of faith, your lack of trust in God, your lack, your refusal to cast care over onto Him. When you're talking more about, yay vaccine, no vaccine, what's wrong with these people? When you're talking more about that stuff, and some of you do, then what you say and what you talk about relative to the Word of God, you're telling us where you walk. You're not trusting God. But the thing is, everybody's going to say they are. Well, I'm trusting God. No, you're not. Not when all of this stuff is having that kind of an impact on you. Well, you know, look at this. We've got all these hospitalizations going on. The hospitals are full. They don't know what they're going to do. They're having to call in the National Guard. Okay, where's God then? Where's God? Have you ever taken any time to pray about these things you are worried about? Well, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, you are. You just don't want to admit it. You're allowing yourself to be impacted by the world more than God. How in the world is God going to be able to use you in the end time outpouring when your mind and your heart is overwhelmed by the stuff of the world? This is where I'm, what I'm getting at here in all of this. And you got too many Christians, they flat out will not open their eyes to see how this stuff is controlling their lives and their thought process and the way they perceive the Word of God. They just, they won't accept it. This is very, very serious. Too many, and even in this church, too many have allowed themselves to be drawn into the deceptions and the distractions, and this is very serious. You say, well, what do you mean, very serious? Here's why. Because it reveals a greater potential to be drawn into the end-time deceptions Jesus spoke about over there in Matthew. If you can be so easily impacted by that stuff, you better hear me. You are opening, you are probably, no, you are possibly one of the people who can be drawn away by what Jesus warned about there, the false prophets. You say, oh no, I'm not. But yet, you, you're already impacted by vaccines and masks and politicians and elections. It's consuming you now more than what, because how many times in this church have I heard people going on and on about vaccines? Well, I heard, well, I, well, I read this article. Yeah, well, I heard so. Well, my friend is a medical whatever, and they said, well, I knew somebody who died. Well, I've known people who have died. None of that changes the Word of God. None of it. A lot of Christians need to get their heads out of the world's hind end. Now, I know I'm trying to throw a little bit of humor in here, but this is deadly 
serious. Because if you do not shore yourself up now, if you do not cast down the care, casting down the care is totally different from casting down the awareness. I'm aware political stuff. I'm aware that I do not like what's going on, decisions and laws and so I'm aware that COVID is out there. I am aware of mask and vaccine. Okay, I'm aware. But it's not, it is not going to impact my thinking and my attitude other than my attitude toward all the people caught up in it. Every day, pick up pick up a newspaper every day. COVID something. You know what? Why don't you pick up your Bible every day and see some God somethings? Just these verses I read to you, you know? Yeah, but they say more people might die. You know what? God says the same thing. (laughs) Turn over to Psalm 37. Because you see, I was praying yesterday, you know, about the message today. And what I heard was Psalm 37. And I'm thinking, there are 150 Psalms. You know, what could there possibly be in Psalm 37? (laughs) In other words, I'm thinking... This is just me. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that's just me. It's just my imagination. So I turn to Psalm 37 and I start reading. It's like, oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, look at this. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious of the workers of iniquity. I don't understand. How come those people always seem to, everything they do, you know, why didn't somebody stop them? Why didn't somebody? And God says, fret not thyself. I mean, mean, that sounds so polite, but it's almost like God is saying, who you, you know, there was a song that we used to sing years ago, not here, I I don't think, but anyway, you know, whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. God says, fret not thyself, because all that stuff that's going on, do you realize all these people, a lot of this stuff that's out there about COVID, do you understand that's evildoer stuff? What I mean is, it's instilling fear. Marimna into people. Christians, look, if you are solid in your walk with God, and if the Word of God is the abundance of your heart, you know what? All these reports in the newspaper and what you see on TV, it will not cause marimna in your life. It flat out won't. You'll be aware, okay, yeah, bad stuff's happening. Yeah, it's out there. And you'll pray about it. But it will not become the words of your mouth or the meditations of your heart. Verse 2, God says, you know, fret not because, verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Well, boy, howdy. Two verses into this and already we know what to do. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. See that? God is saying, trust in me and I'll help you through it. Trust in me got a lot of people that are not trusting in Him. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
And this is stupid because a lot of people used to say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord and He's going to give me that new Cadillac. No, no. That's, he, if I delight myself in Him, then the desires of His heart impact my heart and He and I walk together in our desires and our pursuits. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. See, if you're on Merimnid, you can't be doing this. You can't be doing verse 5. And he, Now look here, verse 6. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Boy, if there are, if that, if there's anything Christians could learn relative to their attitudes towards our current political leaders, this verse 8, you've heard it, now you're accountable. And if you don't do it, guess what? You will be judged for what? For the opposite attitude. He says, verse 9, he tells you what's going to happen. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Do you know what he's talking about here? Those that wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. He's prophesying to the end of the book of Revelation. New heaven and new earth. Who gets it? Those of us who wait upon the Lord. Those of us who trust in Him. We're the ones who get the new heaven and the new earth. The evildoers, they're going to be gone. And in between now and then, trust in the Lord. Verse 10, he says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. You ever heard somebody, your day's coming, your day's coming. Well, God said it first. <laughs> Their day is coming. <laughs> Verse 14, the wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. In other words, uh, one uh, one image this is presenting is that people want to be in control and suppress the poor and needy and keep them totally dependent upon the people in control. We'll move on. Verse 15, Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bow shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. I'm not going to be ashamed in the evil time. Well, I don't know about you, but I think we're living in some evil times. Ashamed. What does that, what that means is, briefly, is that, hey, you know what? <laughs> the evil time is not going to impact you in such a way to where you feel like there's no hope. Now, when you're trusting in Him, you're not going to be ashamed. I, I'm not ashamed of my belief in Jesus Christ. I'm standing strong. Well, verse 20, But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. What was it, the fat of lambs? He's talking about the sacrifices in the Old Testament, how that they had to cut the fat away, put it on, on the, uh, the altar of burning, and then burn up the fat. This is what he's talking about. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, 
and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. What does that mean, the steps of a good man? Well, see, if you're trusting in the Lord, then you are the, quote, good man, and he is going to, like he says right here, order or set in motion the path of your life. Verse 24, Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. How many times have you felt like in following God, you've tripped and fallen, so to speak? You've got to say, no, if you're trusting in me, you will not be utterly cast down because I, the Lord, will uphold you with my hand. I'll pick you up and we will keep going forward. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Um, this right here, I'm telling you right now, this is one of the reasons why a lot of Christians are struggling so much in life. is because they flat out are not trusting God no matter how much they say. There's a reality in this of God meeting our needs that most Christians have not caught on to. And I have to tell you, I'm, I feel like I'm just at the entry level part of understanding this at a depth to which I've never understood it. And he continues and he says, He is ever merciful and lendeth, his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. See, that's what's supposed to be coming out of your mouth. Instead of all this COVID max vaccine, political, uh, you know, election stuff, this is what's supposed to be coming out of your mouth. And, and some people would say, well, Brother Martin, you're just living in denial. No, I'm not. What I'm doing is trying to live my best in the pages of God's Word. And he says here in verse 31, The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet as he yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. All right, stop right there. Do you realize that every um, every tyrant, every dictator, every horrible leader throughout history is dead, except the ones now living? Do you understand that? Okay, Genghis Khan. He's dead. You get that? Stalin. He's dead. All of them. They're dead. And the people that have wondered, when is it going to end? Well, it ended. And he continues here and he says, verse 37, Mark, the, identify, Mark, the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. In other words, get your eyes off the evildoer. Get your eyes off the people in the world. Get your eyes off the Christians who are consumed, who constantly think about, talk about, you know, all right, what we mentioned here today. Election fraud. Um, election fraud that's upcoming. COVID, math, vaccine. Get your eyes off those people. They're not doing you any good. He says, mark the perfect man. And behold, the upright for the end of that man is peace. Look for the people who are walking in the Word of God, living in the Word of God. Listen to them. Let them sow into your life. Don't be consumed with all this stuff. Unfriend people if you need to. But they might get offended. Really? 
you're already offended inside because you keep letting all this junk get sewn into you. If, if you need to do that, if you need to shut their, their voice off from your life, do it. And he continues and he says here, verse 38, But the transgressor shall be destroyed together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Glory to God. He's my strength in a time of trouble. And if we're doing what he's saying here in Psalm 37, we begin to understand, he's my strength. He's my strength. Oh yeah, a mask may help, a vaccine may help, and this may help, and that might, and this might, whatever. But he's my strength. He is my strength. And then he says here, look at this. He's their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in Him. Praise God. We have to get to the place to where we are no longer marimded by all the reports in the world. We're aware of them. And how are you going to know if you're being marimned? What's coming out of your mouth? What are you arguing with people about? Well, I know for a fact. No, you don't. You're simply repeating what somebody else told you was a fact. I mean, when it comes to all this stuff. If, if somebody tells you the earth is round, then you know what? I come into agreement with that. I believe it. Now, I've never been in outer space to look down and see that the world is round. But I do know this. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about the roundness of the earth. The circle of the earth. <laughs> you say, what? That's in there? Yeah, that's in there. You mean God knew the world was round the whole time? Yeah, God knew the world. <laughs> now guys, in this today, please, I'm not trying to offend. What I'm trying to do, talk straight to you about this stuff, because some of you, you you've been too caught up in this. It's got to end because it's simply an open door for greater deception in the future. You say, well, I'm not deceived. I believe the vaccine's a good thing. Well, how do you know you're not deceived? Well, because I believe the vaccine. Well, I'm not deceived. I believe the vaccine's a bad thing. How do you know you're not deceived? Well, because I believe the vaccine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Where is your mind? If we are not, again... If we are not strengthening ourselves in this, we're leaving ourselves open for a deception that could possibly take us away from Jesus for all eternity. And this is something, today what I'm sharing with you is something that I really don't believe many Christians think about. But if there's an open door, you better believe something's going to come through it. Guys, we've got to apply the principles of Psalm 37. And we have to apply the principles of all these verses we read earlier about not letting your heart be troubled and allowing the peace to guard and so forth. God is looking for people, Christians, who are going to be like this because He needs that kind of soundness of mind and mental stability in this outpouring and revival. We have to be, you know, He's talked about, you know, mark that, that righteous man. We have to be 
that person who is marked or identified by others as somebody who is stable in their life. We've got to be that person. And we can. We keep pressing in, casting down, and seeking God, and being willing to let this stuff be severed. You know, one of the things that you could do is when you pray, just, Father, help me be so sensitive and aware of all that stuff, regardless of what perspective or what position people have. Help me to be so sensitive and aware of that kind of stuff if I'm allowing it to begin impacting me in a way it shouldn't. Help me understand that. And then, I'm telling you, He will. Throw it down. Get rid of it. Don't dwell on it. Aware of it? Yeah. But not merimnid. Praise the Lord.